Welcome back to the Sudras Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Singapore, the great Sikh of Guru Hargobin, passed away in battle after killing one of the commanders, Shamash Khan. The last chapter ended with Guru Hargobin hearing of this news and being enraged. Chapter 11 now begins with Guru Hargobin the Singh to Pande Khan. Now let's finish them off, this army of the Turks, in this tactical manner. Keep all the troops with you. I'll only take a few with me. Position your troops now to the south of me, at the ready. Prep all your rifles, light the matches. Where the battle is happening, I'll go up and take some troops with me. Facing the enemy, we'll fight fiercely, killing many. But when you see the Mughals charge forward, then you should advance. You should advance and you should press forward so quickly and separate their lines, pierce and charge through their lines, so forcefully, like a hawk swoops down on a quail bird. With great rage, chop them up, making heaps, piles of their body parts in the battlefield. Guru Hargobin said this, and then with great fortitude, rushed forward. His battle drums were sounding off. His battalion all had their rifles at the ready. They had all put their bullets down the rifle barrel. They pressed down their bullets, and then they put the gunpowder. They lit their matches. Some had spears, some had lances. Some had their arrows in their bows at the ready. Guru Hargobin on his fast horse was racing into battle. He was so enraged at these barbarians, the Turks, Mughal army. Guru Hargobin at that moment grabbed his heavy, vicious bow, grabbing his very sharp arrows, started shooting them off into the enemy lines. Heads were coming off, blood was flowing. The rifles of his battalion were now sounding off like thunder, blasting. People's heads were just being blown off with the power of these bullets. Some had their chests split open with bullets. Others had their arms cut off. Their weapons were laying down on the ground as well. Some had their hearts pierced. Some were spinning around in the battlefield. Some had their legs blown off. Some were begging for water, injured on the battlefield. Thousands were dead on the battlefield. Countless others were wounded. Some not able to get up. Others struggling to continue to fight. The roar of the battlefield continued though. Quickly, the warriors entrenched themselves and were engaged in a fierce battle. No one was able to find shelter in this chaos. Guru Hargobind, the great warrior, entering and seeing the battle, was letting off these arrows, which were so wide, like folded hands from the side, how they look. Such were his arrowheads. They were let off from his very heavy bow. These arrows, as they zoomed across the battlefield, were wide. With wide heads, they looked like flying snakes, and they were hissing all along the way. And they were just piercing all the Mughals and Patans on the battlefield. Their lions couldn't withstand these arrows. They weren't able to hold their lions. These arrows would go through them and just hit others behind them. The arrow would go through one, two, even three at a time. Such were the piercing arrows of Hargobind. The battlefield was roaring. Such a clamor was happening with the warriors dying and killing each other. Countless horses were neighing, riding into the battle. Other warriors were running into the battle without horses. Some soldiers were hit with bullets and they were just laying there on the battlefield. Countless were killed. Others were cut down by swords. Some cavalry had such beautiful embroidered and decorated saddles with gold and silver as they were riding into the battlefield. So when Mughal Khan, the main general of the Mughal army, when he heard that Guru Hargobind himself had mounted up and jumped into the battle along with a battalion, he heard that his battalion 
had been spread out, that the front lines were not keeping their place and were retreating a bit from the vicious volley fire and arrows from the Guru's battalion. And that if this continues, then sometime Guru Hargobind would have killed all of the army with his incredible archery skills. Mughalus Khan then at that point commanded to send 5,000, the rest of his troops, to the front. And he said, go to the front lines, capture Guru Hargobind with whatever deception you can use. If we capture him, then all of our endeavors would have worked out. Go around, circle around Guru Hargobind and his troops. Kill everybody else so that he's the last man there. So go, run, pounce on him, and make sure to bring him back to the court so we can please the Emperor Shah Jahan. So the troops heard this, the 5,000 soldiers, and they readied their weapons. They sped off on their horses as they were yelling, Capture Guru Hargobin. They were saying this, that Khuda the Divine himself had given us support. They were also saying, We'll take Guru Hargobin back to the Emperor, and we'll receive great rewards in return. What will Guru Hargobind's army do? They are so little compared to us. We'll just run them over with all of us in this one attack. So all the Mughal forces got together. They collected in a big group, shouting out, kill, kill. They readied their weapons and their rifles. They were filling gunpowder, placing the bullet in, getting the match ready. They placed the match to the lock and it sounded off. The bullets were shooting out and hitting, injuring sick warriors. They had pounced on the sick forces and now they were in close combat with swords, striking down, killing many warriors. Guru Hargobind was releasing his arrows which were just decimating the Mughals. The Mughal army was like a massive cloud that had spread over them. Warriors were getting killed, falling on the ground and it looked like they were sleeping, having lost their life. Others were fighting in such rage and anger. So the force of that 5,000 now had engaged with the sick forces, shooting off their rifles raining down like massive clouds in spring. The warriors were standing there like ripe crops. And when they were hit, it's like the crops were being harvested, falling to the ground. But the arrows of Guru Hargobin, they were like the cold wind which brushed away these massive clouds, making them unable to stay in the battlefield. The Turks were now re retreating a little. Guru Hargobin's vicious heavy bow, letting out these massively wide arrows, were just destroying the enemy lines. He was roaming around on his extremely fast horse, letting off these arrows in the thick of the enemy lines. When the arrows hit the enemy, they were knocked down right away, unable to say anything, just straight dead. A warrior would not be saved. Not even a horse would be saved if it was hit by one of these arrows. Whatever limb or body was struck with it, there was no saving that. The generals of the Turks, they saw these arrows, how they were just decimating countless other soldiers. The generals though, the commanders, they stood firm. With great vicious fortitude, they were at the ready. These Khans, these Sayyids, these Sheikhs, they all called out to their troops. What are you doing? There's not even a large number of them. Go, go and encircle them. The soldiers heard this, they grit their teeth, and they tried to get close. They tried to close the distance and come upon the Guru. Guru Hargobind himself was like a pillar in the battlefield, which was just shooting out arrows. Whoever came near, was struck down. It was as if like lightning from a turret or a post tower. Guru Hargobind was pulling his bow string back to his ear, shooting out countless arrows. How can we count how many Guru Hargobind had killed there? Guru Hargobind had told Pandya Khan and the rest of his warriors to hold back at some distance to the south. And with that strategy in mind, 
Guru Hargobind pulled back a little bit from the battlefield, giving up some ground. The barbarians, they saw this and they were relieved. They gained some enthusiasm, thinking that, oh, we are pushing back the Guru and his forces by striking down at them. Their rifles were sounding off like thunder and they were so elated as they dashed forward. Those who had no idea that they were walking into great death's mouth. They were yelling out, don't let the Guru run away, encircle him. Don't fall back at all, push forward. They don't have many troops, so go fight and capture him. They were saying all these things amongst themselves as they were pulling back their vicious swords, which were glistening so brightly like lightning in the battlefield. A few six, Taktu and Jat, they saw Guru Hargobin retreating a little bit, pulling back a little bit, and called out to the Guru saying, because you're retreating, the barbarians are pressing us harder. They are pressing and dashing at us and giving it their all. O oh, nourisher of the me, keep your fortitude, pull yourself together here. So that just with your calling out to them, you're challenging them, we will kill them all. A great warrior, Guru Hargobind, heard this and said, let them come. A purposely given up ground here. So they come forward over aggressively, enthusiastically, so that when they approach, we will be able to finish them off in one blow. Like how a, with a club, one breaks a clay pot. Prep your rifles, let's shoot them down when they approach. And now let's watch how this battle unfolds. At this moment, when Guru Hargobind said this, Bandekhan, Bidichand and the rest of the forces, the main lot, they came out from the south side, charging in, letting off their rifles. The Mughals had no idea what was happening. They were just getting hit by these bullets. The bullets were sounding off like somebody was heating up and cracking grains in a furnace. The rifles were blasting off bullets, some two at a time. They were lifting their matchlock rifles. The Mughal warriors were surprised. They had no idea and began running back. They were pressed so hard by these new troops. They were getting shot down as they were retreating and pierced with sharp spears. The spears were lifted up, spun around, thrusted, pierced into the warriors' bodies. Great swords were taken out of their sheaths, glistened so brightly. They struck, sliced, swung through the enemy's body. Instantly, the weapons flowed through the air. Some were killed, some were wounded. Other weapons were taken out of their sheath, lifted, struck down, thrusted into the enemy's body. The two sides, they fought and merged into this one big mess, subduing and pressing down on each other. They fought, standing there. They died attaining liberation. Some were yelling, challenging, striking at others and killing each other. Bandar Khan, when he entered the battlefield, he was just enraged with an extremely large Kharag sword in his hand. He was just slicing down at the enemy. Whoever came in front of him, whatever strong, large warrior tried to stop him, he quickly killed and threw him to the ground. Jati Malik, Singapore's kid, he was also on the battlefield, yelling out, kill, kill. There was the Sikh named Nanda, Raga, who had large swords as well, Tegga swords, while, while on horse, cutting down Mughal soldiers, they roamed on the battlefield. Whoever came in front of them, they also sent them to the floor, dead. The battle now reached another level. The Yoganis, the mythic helpers of the goddess, goddess Kala, were drinking blood on the battlefield, laughing, filling their cups, which were skulls of man, with blood and they were demonically laughing and clapping in such a horrific, terrific way. On the battlefield, countless ghosts and demons were roaming around, getting satisfied, eating blood and guts spilled there, burping from being full and satisfied, holding bones of the dead. They were dancing 
and enjoying the sights of terror and pain. Swords and spears were flying in the battlefield. Kali was there on the battlefield, eating meat of the dead warriors in great enthusiasm and excitement, screaming out. Vultures and crows were shrieking in such a terrifying tone. Nanda, the Sikh of the Guru, was in front of Guru Hargobin, holding a sword, striking down at the Mughals and Pratans. Whoever came in front of him, he would strike down. What a tenacious warrior Nanda was, facing and killing the enemy straight on. All the Turks saw him killing it and encircled him. They were firing off their rifles and it struck Nanda's horse. Nanda fell to the ground. He was surrounded. From all sides, they came down to strike at him, but he was just dodging all the strikes and started killing them all. Eventually, his sword, though, it broke. He was without a weapon. Close to him was the commander of the battalion of the Turks named Mirza Beg. Nanda quickly grabbed him, threw him off his horse, then went for his sword. Mirza Beg held his sword handle, so Nanda just grabbed him, just jumped at him, wrestled him down, and both of them then just started fighting with their fists. They were fighting in such close combat, Mirza Beg couldn't pull his sword out. The warriors from both sides looked on in awe. Sometimes they would slap each other, other times they would punch each other, at times they were wrestling closely. They were trying to mount each other, throwing them on the ground, but with to no avail. Both, in such rage, were fighting in the middle of the battlefield, hand to hand, in such a vicious battle. Both had their eyes red with anger. They were grappling each other's limbs, trying to get a lock on, viciously, but soon after seeing this, the barbarian, the Mughal army, just sent off some volley fire with their rifles and killed both of them together. They were both grappling when their bodies were just ripped apart with bullets and they passed away together. Both of them mounted on the vehicle to the heavens to take them to the afterlife. And that's how chapter 11 concludes. In the next chapter we're going to hear more duels and battles from the famous six of Guru Hargobind, namely Tota, Taloka, Nanta, and Halu, and many more. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page.